You know, I just want to encourage someone out there right now who might be going through it. I don't know what it is specifically, but it is something that you are struggling with. You're dealing with it right now. You're living through it. And it just seems like there's no light at the end of the tunnel. I just want to encourage you and let you know that God sees you and Jesus cares about you deeply. And we are told that he knows the things that we go through because he went through those things himself. And so we do not have a high priest who is not, you know, sensitive to our afflictions. He is very much embedded in the things that we go through. So my encouragement to you would be to go to God in prayer and just let it all out. Don't hide anything from him. There's nothing that God can't deal with. He has heard it all. He has received it all. He has helped people through different circumstances. My encouragement also would be to read through the book of Psalms and look at how the psalmist is just so real with God. But also remember who you're speaking to, like revere, respect God in how you communicate to him, but just be honest with him. Just be honest, brutally honest, like, God, I'm going through it right now. Also, reach out to people who you trust, who you believe would be able to help you. You know, a lot of the times we can find ourselves in situations where we're not telling ourselves, um, I'm going to be a burden to someone, but... If those people are genuine and they really want to help you, then they won't see you as a burden. Please speak to someone. Reach out so that they can help you in any which way, you know. So yeah, just some encouragement before we get into it. Hi guys. Hi everyone. My name is Taku and I am the host of the Become Podcast where we delve into scripture. We look at different passages which we can apply to our own lives. This is something I would have wanted early on in my Christian work or even growing up. Someone had put this in my ear. Who knows what could have happened. But here we are now and we're almost at the end of the second season. It's crazy that we had a full first season and people tuned in and We've continued in the second season. There have been more listeners this season than in the last one. So I just want to thank God, first of all, for using this platform and for, you know, using me because, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when I tell people this, the life I lived before I became a Christian, they're always like, you don't look like the type. But it just goes to show that God can use broken people for his glory. And I also want to thank you guys for tuning in and sharing. I think we're, we're getting more listeners through the various podcast platforms because people are tuning in and I guess it's, it's, it's showing up in their feeds and stuff. So please keep sharing it. Please leave a review as well on Apple podcasts. That also helps. And yeah, let's just jump into it right now. We're in. A mini series, three part series that looks at the words of Jesus. 
We're looking at like significant parts of scripture that can help us to better understand who Jesus was and the things he said and how important those things are to us, especially to those who may think of Jesus as this really strict and serious guy, you know, and you had to follow this rule and that rule and it was all sort of like religion. But I want us to see that Jesus, yes, he was God in human flesh, but he was compassionate, he was caring, and he loved people from different backgrounds. And in this episode, this is episode 8, part 2, we're looking at the topic of tax collectors and sinners. And we've seen in, or people have interpreted the scriptures to say that, you know, Jesus was the friend of sinners, right? But what made him the friend of sinners? Why did he sit with sinners? We're going to look at Mark chapter 2, verse 13 to 17. In context, before this passage of scripture, Jesus was in Simon Peter's house where he healed a paralytic. He told him that he can rise up, you know, get up, take up his mat and walk. But he also forgave his sins, right? And in in that story, verse 6 tells us that some of the scribes were sitting there and reasoning in their hearts. And then verse 7 says, Why does this man speak blasphemies like this? Who can forgive sins but God alone? So, you know, it's, it's getting them to think, right? Like, who can do this? Only God can do this. That should have been their i guess point of realization that this is this jesus guy is not just a normal dude <laughs> like if god can only forgive sins right what does this mean about jesus what does this tell them about jesus and so you know people will say oh no there's nowhere in the gospels that jesus said that he was god the fact that <laughs> jesus was able to forgive this man's sins clearly reveals to us that he was more than just a man. He was God in human flesh. Jesus was God. Okay? So, now that he has healed this man and he has forgiven his sins, we then come to this section of scripture where Jesus calls Matthew. Now, let's read through Mark chapter 2, verse 13 to 17. Then he, that is Jesus, went out again by the sea. And all the multitude came to him, and he taught them. As he passed by, he saw Levi, the son of Alphaeus, sitting at the tax office. And he, Jesus, said to him, follow me. So he arose and followed him. It's very interesting that Matthew was so decisive, like he didn't wait. He must have either heard of Jesus or seen what Jesus had done. Because for him to just be so decisive, to leave all that he had, because to give you a bit of context, the fact that his name is Levi means that he was a Jewish man and he was probably a, a pastor's kid or in this case, like a priest's kid because <laughs> the tribe of Levi was given the Levitical priesthood, right? In the Old Testament. So he was probably a runaway pastor's kid. Because he would have been in that line. 
he would have become a priest, but he was a tax collector, and tax collectors worked for the Roman government. So he was a runaway pastor's kid working for the Roman government, co collecting taxes and tolls. Now, in that time, Jewish people thought that tax collectors were the worst of sinners because of extortion. Like tax collectors were prone to taking more than what was necessary in terms of their taxes. So they would take the you know usual amount of tax and then sort of line their pockets with the additional taxes. And taxes in, in that time were crazy. They were taxes for all kinds of things. So if you think we have it bad now, just do a bit of research in terms of the taxes that they had in that time. They had taxes for everything. Like they had taxes for carts. Like, you know, the carts that were pulled by donkeys and stuff. And Yeah, they had taxes for that. So it was crazy. Not only that, they also thought that tax collectors were ceremonially or ritually unclean because they were always they were dealing with gentiles so at that time jewish people used to think that gentiles were these dirty people you know and you couldn't interact with gentiles so just jewish people thought of themselves really highly and they looked at those i guess especially jewish people who then became tax collectors they looked at those as like the worst of them because they decided okay we're going to i guess give up that line of for example here for matthew it was to become a, a priest he then became a tax collector what's also interesting is that jesus is calling someone who is i guess marginalized in this case you know when we now look at the context jesus is calling someone who is seen as a chief of sinners right he's seen as the chief of sinners because of his affiliation with rome but jesus still calls him and it's it's very interesting to me that Jesus, he's not asking you to sort of change who you are and what you're doing before he calls you. He will call you where you are. And Matthew was a tax collector at that time. And he called him. And he was telling him, come as you are, Matthew. Follow me. Right. And so we see that Matthew follows him. Then in verse 15, it says, now it happened as he was dining so jesus is now dining in levi's house because that was you know that was matthew's jewish name levi matthew was his greek name that many tax collectors and sinners also sat together with jesus and his disciples for there were many and they followed him and verse 16 says and when the scribes and pharisees saw him eating with the tax collectors and sinners they said to his disciples it's interesting that they say to his disciples they can't speak to jesus directly how is it that he eats and drinks with tax collectors and sinners now when you look at this question you know it's it's actually a good question when you think about it so let's talk about the scribes and the pharisees now the scribes and the pharisees were the religious i guess elite so to speak of that time and they were very mm, devout and dedicated to honoring god by their attempts to keep the jewish law they were very strict the term is legalistic they were legalists they adhered to 
the commandments to a T, or so they tried to, right? But the problem was that in addition to the commandments that were given to Moses, they also added their own oral laws that were passed down from generation to generation, and they totaled more than 600 at this time. More than 600 laws and commandments that they were trying to keep. So they're very, very legalist, legalistic and tried to, you know, keep the law perfectly. However, the problem with these guys, like what they're trying to do, you know, they're trying to honor God and there's nothing wrong with that. But the problem is that, one, they became prideful. You know, they took pride in the fact that they kept these laws and, you know, they weren't as bad as everybody else. They weren't able to see their own flaws. And two, they studied the law in such fine detail. So they found themselves distracted from the law's main purpose. And we are told by Paul and he tells us that the law, we're not there. The law is not there to be mm, kept perfectly. It's there to show us that we can't keep it perfectly. We can't keep the law perfectly. It's there to reveal sin to us, right? That, oh, wow, I've been told that I should not do this or that. But then I find myself having those thoughts or doing these things, right? So the law was there to show us that we cannot keep the law perfectly and we are sinful. But the Pharisees and the scribes did not see it in that light. They tried to keep the law perfectly, but they were blind to their own sin. So that was the issue. Intention was good, you know, honor God by keeping the law. But the problem was that they became prideful and they were blind to their own faults and sins. And it was easy for them to look at others, you know. So, you know, how is it that he eats and drinks with tax collectors and sinners? Now, for them, eating with people or fellowship at a table implied friendship or even approval. So to them, it's like, does Jesus approve of tax collectors and sinners? You know, wh what does this mean? The fact that he is eating and drinking with these guys. Then in verse 17, it says, when Jesus heard it, he said to them, those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. I did not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. I did not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Now, this is the key verse. Well, I'd say the key verses are verse 16 and 17, but this one is the key one where Jesus has spoken and he has told us that those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. Here's the thing. What we see here is, one, Jesus was in the business of challenging the religious status quo because they were questioning, you know, how is that he eats and drinks with tax collectors and sinners? Their focus was on the fact that, you know, does he approve of these things? Yet Jesus had been challenging them <laughs> throughout. You know, he healed people on the Sabbath. He touched a leper. 
he said to a paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven you. Now, a physician in this context who would be determined to avoid sick people would be of little use, right? If you were going to a doctor and they didn't want to deal with you, then what would be the point of going to that doctor? Like, there's no point. You don't, you don't go to a physician who's not going to take care of you. You go to a physician who's going to actually sit down with you and speak with you and figure out what's going on. But the problem with the religious elite was that they sort of shunned those who were sick. They shunned tax collectors and sinners and they kept their distance from them. But Jesus came and he showed that he was not in the business of keeping his distance from sinners. He was there to actually interact with them and to speak to them and to be with them because they were marginalized. They were marginalized in that society. But he came and he came close to them. He came close to them. Does that mean that he approved of what they did? No, Jesus didn't approve of what tax collectors and sinners did. But they were, as we see here in verse, verse 15, it says that for, he talks about how that many tax collectors and sinners also sat together with Jesus and his disciples, for there were many and they followed him. They, they, they welcomed what Jesus taught and what he said and they followed him. Now, the text, the Pharisees and, you know, the religious people followed Jesus for different reasons. They didn't follow Jesus because they wanted to hear what he said and, you know, take part in what he was saying they wanted to get rid of him <laughs> at some point you know eventually they wanted to kill him which they did but the the tax collectors the sinners they followed him because they jesus allowed them to come and they wanted to hear what he said so one thing that we need to see is that jesus as the physician cared he cared about those who were sick in this context. He's not talking about physical sickness. He's talking about the sickness of sin. Those who are able to recognize their sin and understand that they are sinful, he was, would welcome them and he would sit with them. Now, when he talks about righteous in or being righteous in verse 17, he's not talking, he's talking about self-righteousness. That's what he's talking about. He's talking about self-righteousness. So he's saying that he has not he has not come to call self-righteous people because those people don't, will not recognize their sinfulness. They, so the self-righteous people in this context would be the Pharisees, you know, and the religious elite. They were self-righteous. They thought that they were holier than thou and high above everybody else, right? And they were blind to their own sin, sinfulness and in this context, their own sickness. They were blind to that. So Jesus did not come to call those who were not accept that they are sick who will not accept that there is something wrong that they are sinners he did not come to call people who are not going to come before god and just be honest about their condition he, jesus has come to call sinners to repentance those who acknowledge their sin those who are very much aware that they are spiritually bankrupt before God. We talked about repentance in the previous episode, and I guess this nicely links to that. If you just need a refresher, if you haven't listened to that episode, I would encourage you to go back to episode 7, where we talk about repentance. But here, Jesus is clearly showing that he has not called people who 
are self-righteous and who are going to stand far off to repentance. He has called those who have realized and who realize their sin to repentance. What we also recognize or what we must ask ourselves is, are we able to see our own sickness? Some of us count ourselves as righteous and therefore we are unlikely to recognize our need for Jesus. And it's a pity, you know. I was once there. I was once on that side. I thought I was, you know, good enough. Compared to other people and what people were doing, I would have counted myself as good enough. But when we then just realize that in God's kingdom, sin is sin. It's not about ranking sin. It's not like murder is worse than lying. Sin is sin in God's kingdom. Yes, when it comes to judgment right we will see that the the wicked will be punished like they will be punished it's it's not a it's not a it's not a small feat it's not a small game they will be punished right and when we are tested paul talks about how our deeds will be sort of tested through fire and then you know some of us will go past that by the scruff like basically by just we will make it <laughs> how do i say this we will barely make it, basically, right? We need to read it. Paul talks about it in the New Testament, that we will barely make it, <laughs> right? But we cannot go and rank sin, you know, and, and say, no, this guy is worse than me because he does this. I'm better off than this guy because I don't do that. No, sin is sin. So we must be very careful when we think that we're better than or good enough because apart from Jesus, we're not. That's the reality. And that's what we have to come to realize. What we also have to take from this is that it's important to love those who are deemed unlovely by society and to encourage them. Once they have come to that realization that they need a savior, we encourage them to experience rebirth and to practice spiritual disciplines. It's not enough to say that, yes, Jesus is a friend of sinners and to claim that he approves of them. No, he doesn't approve of what we do, but he will sit with us. And then once we have sat with Jesus, the expectation is that we will learn from him and apply what we have learned to our own lives, which is why repentance is so important because it's, it's, it's more than just saying, okay, I'm now sitting with Jesus, so I'm just going to live my life and have a bit of Jesus. In my life, it's basically saying, okay, Jesus, I'm going, I'm going to move from the driver's seat. I'm going to move to the back and you're going to take control. Easier said than done. <laughs> Believe me, it's so much easier said than done. But that is the reality. We give Jesus the wheel. He's the one who leads us. He's the one who drives us. And we take a back seat. It's not, okay, I'm just going to have a little sprinkle of Jesus here. And a little sprinkle of Jesus there. No, Jesus now becomes fully immersed in everything we do. So he has not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Those who are in need of a physician. Those who realize their sickness. Those are the people Jesus has called. Do you realize your sickness? Or are you walking around and comparing yourself to others and coming to the conclusion that you are not in need of a physician. My 
appeal to you is that Jesus wants you to sit with him and to recognize that you need him. You need Jesus in your life. Jesus not only sat with sinners, but he died for sinners. He went on the cross and he fulfilled what had been prophesied in the Old Testament, that he would suffer and he would allow the wrath of God the Father to be upon him for a period of time so that we would have a means and a way to be healed. We could be healed of our sickness on the cross. And he died as an innocent person, innocent man. He did no wrong. He who he who knew no sin became sin for us so that we could become the righteousness of God. And now we do not walk in self-righteousness, but we walk in the righteousness that has been given to us because of what Jesus did for us. Not only did he not only was he crucified, not only did he die, but he rose from the dead. God rose Jesus from the dead, and Jesus is now seated at the right hand of God the Father in heaven, and he is coming again. There is a day and a time which we do not know, but he is coming again. So accept Jesus into your life. It's not a matter of ritual or doing religious stuff. It's a matter of faith, believing that indeed that is true. And there is evidence for us outside of the Bible. People have documented their disciples, for example, dying and doing these things for their faith, for what they believed. And you have to ask yourself, why did they die? They could have just said, this is all fake, fake news. This is not real. You know, we were, we were just playing around. Why did they have to die? They died for no cause? That doesn't make sense. They could have said that it was a joke, but they didn't. They died. Why would they die for something that's not real? So, believe. Believe in your heart that, you know, Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior and that God raised him from the dead and confess it with your mouth. Confess it with your mouth that he is Lord and believe in your heart. So, I hope this helps. If this has helped you, please share it with someone else who you think would benefit from this, hearing that Jesus sat with tax collectors and sinners. He didn't distance himself from sinful people. He actually sat with them. But the expectation is that once he has sat with us, we come to that realization that, who this guy is the real deal. And compared to him, I am sick and I need a savior. I need a doctor to heal me. So have a good week, guys. Again, please leave a rating on Apple Podcasts and share this episode with someone who you think would benefit from it. And we will delve into episode 9, part 3 of The Words of Jesus. And then close off the season with a special episode at the very end. So I hope this blesses you. And yeah, until next time. Catch you later.